Hello and welcome to the Trash Mobcast, video game podcast with your friends. I'm Brandon the Bard, and as always, I'm joined by our friend, John Smithington. What's up, John? Smithington. Smithington. I'll take it. <laughs> How dare you? Presume to call, to call me you. Smithington. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, I can pretend I, like we didn't just catch up with each other, but uh, so how's your week been? Uh, you know, it's been fantastic. I have yeah, this, it's been. Yeah, it turns out that uh, when you get older, you have these weird problems that just all of a sudden appear that you've never thought you had. Uh, so right. I had nonstop vertigo since Sunday. It's much better now because I got nine hours of sleep. Usually I sleep like five, but I guess, you know, this is my body telling me that I'm old and have to sleep more. How Grandpa, about you? you're going to need to get some more sleep. Um, I am, I'm not facing vertigo. I'm just uh, dealing with crippling North Carolina weather, um, which is like the, the other most old man topic I can bring to the table uh, for discussion is what the weather's like. Suffice it to say, it is very hot and humid and I don't want to be outside, which isn't too far out of the regular. I love, I'm an indoorsy person. Oh, I'm fully embracing the heat of the day as I am sitting in my attic with no AC on. So. <laughs> well, once once we get your audio <laughs> squared away, then hopefully <laughs> the AC is going to be just a just a, a a low hum in the middle of no no audio that you have to worry about. You know so what? We're, we'll I kind of like the challenge, though. I kind of like the sweat. <laughs> Makes you feel like you're doing some work. There you go. Getting, yeah, this is a way, way to spin it positively. <laughs> getting shit done. <laughs> so, okay. First topic of the, th- of the day. Did you get your OLED switch pre-ordered? Of course I did. Did you? No, really? I, I, I actually didn't. No, I, I just got a switch. My first switch like, uh, like two months ago. So uh, very new to the switch in general. And I kind of knew, like, I was like, man, if I buy this, they're just going to, like, I, I, I knew that there was a very good chance that there was going to be another Switch this year, um, but I kind of don't care. <laughs> so, like, I would definitely, all right, well, let, let, let's, let's go ahead and, like, do the tail of the tape for the new Switch. Um, what's new? What's, I, what's the same? I will uh, say, just as a heads up, I am a uh, anti-Switch uh, person. I despise okay. the Switch. I own one. I've owned one since the day they launched. Uh, I have a a bone to pick with Nintendo when it comes to the Switch, so I am less than enthusiastic about the actual OLED Switch. But uh, let's go over the the details, and then I'll kind no, of run it back. Absolutely not. I want to know what your beef is. <laughs> That's what's more oh. interesting to me. <laughs> oh, okay. So my beef is with Nintendo is that. I originally bought the switch when it came out and it had joy con drift, but okay. I assumed it was a John problem and I messed something up was too rough with the controllers or something like that. So I actually went to the store and bought new joy cons and b- traded in my broken ones as broken joy cons and paid out for new ones. Um, right. And then brought them home and used them and they stopped working again. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like super sucks. What am I doing to break these things? And then all the joy con stuff came out. And I was like super sour about it. And people were like, oh, well, you fix it by buying a pro controller. Yeah. And <laughs> that like yeah. boils, like boils my blood to think like, oh, the resolution to this problem is to just pay Nintendo more money. So yeah. I sent them in my Joy Cons because they were like, oh, we'll replace them and fix them for you. No problem. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So I sent them in and got them back. And then they got Joy Con drift again. And yeah. 
I was just so frustrated with the Joy-Con drifting that I just was done with Nintendo. I played Zelda. I struggled with Joy-Con drift through the whole game. And I just could not continue allowing myself that frustration. I have dealt with the Xbox Red Rings of Death. I've dealt oh, yeah. with like PS3s dying, everything. Every console you can imagine, I've had some sort of problem because I've been in that environment or I've seen the in- what happens with those consoles. But the Joy-Con drift thing was so incredibly stupid and so incredible. Like, it feels like a simple problem to fix, but no one wants to actually fix it. And then you see like all these people come up with fixes all the time and they seem really easy, but they never work. So that's my, my, I, my victory. Um, okay. So there's a little bit, there was a, a news piece uh, that I saw uh, that came out on Tuesday on uh, Nintendo life. I'm not very familiar with this website, but um, uh, there's an article by Liam Doolin. Um, there's a gentleman on the, uh, let's see the VK channel on YouTube. Um, and it's, uh, basically like a pressure issue. So, um, you know, but the, the thing guy, is though, I, I refuse to acknowledge that because I looked at the same article and like, it's so they said it's a pressure well, okay. issue. They also said yeah, it was yeah, just, dirty just contacts. for the listeners so they can hear well, like what this is about. If they haven't seen the video, it's a very simple thing. The, the joy con itself, uh, you can open it up and place like, uh, something as thin as like a, some cardstock or a piece of paper, which will add additional pressure and stop the joy con itself from drifting. That's so, basically it. I don't want to rain. On so it's a design flaw, but I did that and it didn't work. Yeah, oh, shame. Shame. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I did something wrong, which is totally like I'm willing to own if I did something wrong on my like, you know, weird fix. But yeah, I still have- absolutely not. Uh, Nintendo should have fixed this issue immediately, but it just yeah. seems that they don't they don't care. Well, the thing is, they don't want to own up to it because the second that they own up to the problem is actually a real thing, then the class a- class action lawsuit. Well, that's <laughs> there, there. There already is one. So that's yeah. the problem is that now they have to be super careful with how they address this, because if they say there is a problem, the class action will go through and then they'll get super screwed. Yeah, I am lucky enough that I have not. I'm very I'm, uh, I don't even want to say like I'm very delicate with my stuff, which I, I am. But there's definitely people that are very delicate with their things that still experience joy, joy con drift. I just have been lucky enough to where that's not an issue. Um, and then, of course, there's like third-party options if you don't like the joy cons a lot of people uh like uh our friend our destiny friend celestine he only uses the hori split flat split pad pro to play oh yeah well uh, there's there's a million other ways you could deal with this you could either get the third-party controllers you could use a pro controller like there's other things that, that get a, get around it yeah it's just you know it's very rare for me to buy a console and then the controller that it comes with is garbage Something like, should work perfect out of the box with no additional bullshit. I definitely agree. Yeah, and when someone tells me that they're the the pro controller is the fix, that is painful and makes me want to scream. Also, like, the pro controller is not a fix for if you're on the go. Like, no one's bringing a pro controller and yeah. a Switch with them to, like, whatever. You're like, yo, you want to check out my backpack that I have to carry with me so I can <laughs> casually play my Switch. <laughs> my uh my buddy the one i was just talking about he has like you know the like switch cases that it's like a little hard shell case that you can throw in a backpack or whatever yeah like he's got the extended version that's like you can fit the whole switch with the hori split pad pro it's like he's carrying a skateboard deck in his backpack okay well (laughs) ridiculous as as someone who owns a games tv 
and utilized a games TV. Uh, do you know what a games TV is? I have no idea. Is it like one of those briefcases that you used to put yeah, like an Xbox like a, in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a 15-inch screen that you could put an Xbox inside of and you could travel yeah. with it. I had one of those <laughs> yeah. for a little while. And, uh, you know, the excitement is uh, is very quickly lost when you're carrying that thing through an airplane terminal. It's no longer fun anymore. You're like, oh, I can't Open wait the to box, play Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's never yeah. fun. It definitely sucks. I traveled with it once and then never traveled again with it. Yeah, I bet. But getting uh, back well, to, we can get to we can get to a fun uh, another fun piece of equipment that can help that process uh, in a bit. Um, but yeah, let's let's get back to the OLED switch. I believe you're excited about it. I um no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would have bought this if I hadn't bought a switch already. But okay, so the um, they're the, boasting a little bit better battery life, uh, which you know is the printers are sold out, right? Like the pre-orders up, the pre-orders open today and it like sold out. Yes. Uh, well it's, it's gone out in waves. Like everything has been like, there's been several, I've been, um, I am, I, I worship at the church of Wario 64 on Twitter. Um, anytime well, who, you need a new really? piece of things, that's a, that's a, I, I'm sure everyone knows about this person at this point, but if you're not following Wario 64 on Twitter and you, you need to buy something new, do it because, uh, they're always on there. Like, throwing out the deals um not even just the deals like the availability of things i i have uh, uh, obtained two xbox oh god series x's um you, yeah, were you scalping them how dare you <laughs> i have one for myself and one for my brother-in-law it was a present yeah, yeah okay 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 i know i know how you're doing it i, I saw think your, i did i saw your ebay account I think I did make $6 off of that because <laughs> he, round, he rounded up for me. So, you know, I, he, he bought me a burger. Um, all right. So uh, back to the OLED switch. Um, the battery life is negligible uh, because uh, I guess because of the way an OLED screen works, like um, uh, you could save some battery on like darker games uh, because of just like that technology uses less power if the game itself is dark, but it's Nintendo. So a bunch of bright, shiny games. Anyway, that's not, uh, one of the upgrades is the screen size. And of course the OLED from led screen. Yeah. Um, I, it's I had a slightly Vita, bigger and I really liked the OLED screen a lot. It looked great. Yeah. The, it did have, that was like, what was it like eight to 10 years ago for the Vita and Nintendo is just now catching up. And also I think the Vita, the second version of the Vita was an LED. Is that right? Yeah, it was. The thing is, is that so OLED is expensive. Uh, and it, I think it also has a certain level of burn in. So there's yeah. a lot of paranoia behind that. Um, Nintendo is incredibly like when it comes to building consoles, they're super skilled with paying the least amount of money they can to produce a product. And oh, I don't yeah. mean it in I like mean, a bad way. Like they're really no, no, no. smart. They, they, that's how they they innovated many things. Like the Game Boy is basically a bunch of trash parts that they put together and sold more than anything ever. So like, yes, that is like tradition for Nintendo is to hobble together stuff that makes. I mean, the Switch is the best selling console in the world, so they know what they're doing. Yeah, I agree, and that's that's been like. I here's the thing is I wish that the switch the OLED switch was kind of like the switch Lite, uh where it's just a handheld only uh, right. only because like the the real prestige of the OLED switch is the screen and the yeah. battery life so 
having it as a switch with the removable controllers, I'm not sure I really think that that's the best use of that technology because now you're going to get people who buy it for the, whatever the bump in whatever it gets and use it the same way they use their traditional switch was like a console where they just have it plugged into the dock and don't actually utilize the OLED as much as they thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's the same kind of like Nintendo makes a million of the same console and they just keep selling them over and over and over again. So, yeah. Uh, and, um, so, uh, in addition to the screen, uh, the joy cons are virtually unchanged. Um, they did add a different kickstand to the back. Did you see the way this thing functions as opposed to the old one? Uh, no, I didn't really have much reason to look into it. <laughs> to be honest <laughs> yeah well okay like, so it's a it's a kickstand that gives you a couple different levels of like uh, a couple different viewing angles uh depending on how you want to use it and it actually looks like it works as opposed to the old kickstand um the old kickstand is basically just a little nubbin that if you want to take a picture of your switch you can but it's just like the most impractical like that you could imagine (laughs) a little, little kickstand. Um, so, I mean, it's, it gives, it adds a useful kickstand. I would, I would say, uh, you know, nobody's using it in kickstand mode now, but maybe, maybe they will. Um, and then that is, uh, superficially the only new changes to the handheld itself. They did update the dock slightly. Um, the dock has a more like rounded appearance. Um, and, uh, the only, business that they did on that was they removed one of the usb ports and added a proprietary ethernet port so you don't have to use a usb ethernet well uh, i i wouldn't say proprietary god forbid they make their own proprietary ethernet oh sorry <laughs> I, by proprietary i meant uh uh i meant uh what's the word oh my brain they just put an Ethernet jack on the back of it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that you out. You scared the shit out of me because I was like, wait a second, proprietary <laughs> Ethernet just jerk? feverishly like, clicking to see like Nintendo making new different like like individual like, ports. Ethernet's beneath us. We've made yeah. Ethernet 2. Oh, God. Uh, sorry. Sorry for that bit of uh, uh, incorrectness. Totally fine. To transition into the next topic, I see that you were talking about the backbone controller. Ah, okay. Uh, so that's basically everything about the OLED switch. I'm not getting yeah. one. Um, but, but if you, you don't need to get an OLED, OLED switch because you can just use your phone with a backbone controller to play Xbox, iCloud, and or yeah. Stadia, and or Amazon, whatever it's called, and or PlayStation, whatever they're going to do. <laughs> okay, so I was very, very hype for the backbone. For one, I kind of do like the like little tiny uh I, I like the way the switch feels in my hands. Yeah. Um uh, I'm a fan of the Joy-Con <laughs> when they're not drifting. Uh mine have not drifted, so you know, hallelujah. But um this the buttons look very similar. This thing is out, so people have it in hand. Um well yeah, there's also um Razor has one too. I saw the Razor one as well. I don't know anything about it. Uh so I've used the Razer one. Like I've, I've, you know, I haven't used it. I've touched it and it feels very <laughs> nice. Uh, it feels like an Xbox controller. I know that Microsoft had a lot to do with the backbone. Like when it was announced, they sort of swung in. We're like, Hey, we're doing a thing. So we're going to give you a lot of like tips. And, uh, I actually was on a, um, what is that social media app? that's about talking to people. Uh, all of them that's all of them 
Well, it's someone that you talk to people in like real life. Uh, what the hell is it? Shoot. Uh, figuring it out. Whatever. That social media app that I can't remember. Uh, I was in like a meeting and they were like talking about it. And one of the heads of Xbox was like, oh yeah. And here's the backbone guy. And the guy like showed up in the chat and was like, Hey guys, I'm the CEO of backbone and I've been working with Xbox. So (laughs) I guess they've been like in bed with each other to really create like the best quality controller they could with X cloud. So I don't know. I thought X cloud was goddamn great. I sat down and played Yakuza uh, like a dragon on my phone, like conveniently from my desk, even though I could walk like 25 feet downstairs and play it on my Xbox. It was still very cool to just have something like that and makes the idea of like a switch or anything like that. No longer like the only, like I don't feel restricted to have to play Nintendo as a portable console anymore because the streaming stuff actually works pretty well. Right. And I'm, I think out of most people that I've spoke to, you're the one who seems the most excited about the prospect of cloud gaming. Oh, I'm uh, like, it's super weird because I went from like hardcore, like I only want boxed games and I will only support physical games retail to leaving games retail and being like, man, I want everything digital and I don't want to waste any more space in my home having to put boxes on shelves. Towers of power, you call it. Uh, you a tower of power. Uh, yeah, it's like I took my entire Xbox 360 collection, PS2, like everything, like any physical game I had, and I put them in boxes. Mm-hmm. And it felt so nice to just not have those games everywhere. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like just a generational thing, but like I've definitely like moved away from like needing to have those boxes on a shelf. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I um I moved away I think just from just for like convenience sake. I I switched to basically all digital everything just cuz I got sick of having to deal with well, that and disk drives are so loud. <laughs> so like I just like uh I got Final Fantasy 7 remake on disk b- b- partially just cuz you know I want everything that has to do with that game I want the physical version. But yeah. um I had it on disk and when I put it in my PS5, I was like you know, it's, it's kind of taken away from the experience of having this thing with that's like SSD powered and stuff. And as soon as you put the disc in, it's like, and it like yeah. you hear it all like ginning up, like it's like about to fly away. So I was like, I eh. see, I don't, I don't mind like louder consoles like that. Like that's kind of okay for me. My, yeah. uh, my bigger problem is just the space that discs take up and like yeah sure you can put them in a cd case but like cd cases are so i don't want to sound like super lame but they're so ugly and like yeah they're such a bad way to like sort like i put cards in a in a binder but like i don't even like that because it's like right it just takes up space and doesn't look nice versus like the games do look nice and if you have them on a nice shelf they look cool like we have all of our retro games up and I like to like go into the like retro games and pull games and play those. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a different thing. It's like art. Yeah. But you, you could make the same argument for like newer games, that's especially true. like they put a lot of work into like the box art and stuff. And I used to really, really like, I, I still do appreciate that, but it's just, there's just so many goddamn games. And they take up so much space and just never like the console generations are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's just more and more and more games where it's yeah, like, that's true. it's just like, you know, if you wanted the entire Xbox 360 collection, you've got like 
12,000 games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like you said, if you're not having the big old books full of discs, then yeah, it's it's a little out of hand. Um, also, that being said, are, you, are you really going to play Final Fantasy First Soldier? Because that game looks bad. Okay. So, yes. Uh, that That's a good segue to get back to the backbone. Um, uh, I will say it looks good. Looks like it's very usable. Um, How do you think this game looks good? Like it looks like a bad battle Royale game. I'm not talking about the game. I'm talking okay. about the backbone. Uh, oh, okay. I was going to say, um, yo crazy. I will say back, uh, uh, to this, uh, I don't think, uh, this is my own personal hang up. I do not take my OtterBox off of my phone. So I don't think I can use the backbone because I would have to do that. And I think it's the same for the razor unit, right? Like, do you have to have a naked phone? They all are like that because the problem is, is that, and so they actually talked about this uh, with the backbone guy. Yeah. I saw, uh, I saw people talking about that. So the problem is, is it's impossible to design a case to like a backbone controller or something to fit around your godforsaken otter box. Yeah, because, or the God- who, you know, because there's a billion different types of like. Yeah, well, like OtterBox cases. itself. So I know an embarrassing amount about OtterBox because I used to love OtterBox phone cases until I realized that it just made like this really like sleekly designed phone into a brick. Yeah. Um, but I um, it's impossible to like make a case that like r- can easily fit around any one of those. Like you'd have to make something kind of janky. And like, you would have to like have like levers and things to like adjust to the size of the case. And definitely yeah. like it just, it just requires so much more engineering to do than it is to yeah. just say, take your damn case off. Yeah. And I think what I would end up doing and what I will end up doing for final fantasy seven, the first soldier is I will probably use an Xbox controller or I might get like an eight bit do like a small controller. Uh, that I can just pair with my phone and carry that with I me because just, I'm definitely not taking my outer box off. Yeah, I would just pair like a PlayStation controller or something. They're relatively yeah. easy to do. Like if you have the newer Elite controller, it does Bluetooth. The PS5 controller hooks up in PS4 and then they make it so easy and it's compatible. I would rather do yeah. that than I would fiddle around with like trying to like, you know, the second, here's the problem. The second you take the stupid outer box case off is the second, like, you know, someone runs over and spikes your phone into the ground. That's the thing. It's just, I'm so, like, I literally buy the outer box at, when I, like, upgrade my phone or whatever, and I put it on, and it never comes off unless I'm, like, white glove cleaning the whole thing. And I, that takes place on my, like, full desktop where I, I use my little tinkerer, like, soft parts to just do everything. Because I'm so paranoid that I'm going to break my damn phone. I haven't use broken your, a phone in probably your, 10 years. You use your soft parts to unlock your phone? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, I, I, think, uh, I think the backbone... It seems like such an awesome thing, but, but I, I'm uh, I I'm uh, I have like a a, a hands on job, so I will break my phone if I don't have a very tough case on it, and I'm not taking it off and on. So I just don't think this is a product for me. But I think if I had more of a desk job, like a less uh, I don't even want to call it active, uh, uh, you know, if I had a more sedentary life, uh, I would definitely gravitate towards this backbone because it looks great. Uh, so if that's the, something that you're in the market for, I would definitely grab it because it looks super cool. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree. The other thing is that, like, 
for me and like that kind of controller is it's just another thing. It's just another yeah. thing you need to have and you need to worry about. And like, it's another controller that can break. It's, and it's probably not as sturdy as like an Xbox controller or something else. So I can, yeah. I can also understand that too. Just more. It's also a hundred bucks. <laughs> uh, we know the price is the price. Like, you know, that's just how it's Yeah. Going. I mean, I, I'm, you know, uh, uh, Xbox, uh, series controller is only $49 and that has just been, uh, uh, updated to where you can pair it with an iphone as well so i mean yeah you know different different strokes for different folks i think i'm going to be the xbox controller guy if i ever want to play something on my phone which i will be playing first soldier because i'm addicted to that universe and uh also uh you can emulate um the mobile experience on pc so i'll probably end up playing it either there or perhaps maybe on a stream deck how's that for a uh uh transition uh you know it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. So this, it's also ahead. the Steam Deck. I, I I said stream, didn't I? You did because Elgato announced their new Stream Deck today. I made uh, the same mistake multiple times because very... it was like Elgato's like, "Hey guys, check out the new Stream Deck 3.0," and then Valve's like, "Hey, check out the new Steam Deck." <laughs> it's been a wild day for decks. Um, yeah. So yeah, first we'll do the Steam Deck, which is the the. Switch. Um I'm not gonna lie, this thing is ugly as shit, but man does it look kinda kinda neat for what it is. Um so uh if you haven't seen it yet, it's it looks like a big old chunky switch light. Um so like sort of the buttons on both like game gear style hands uh a controller with a screen in the middle. There we go. Um like a switch yeah. or like a game gear it um, seems like a cool device i was a little hesitant on it because they announced it with steam os which yeah. is a linux kernel which don't get me wrong i'm not gonna poop on linux linux is fine but when yeah. it comes to playing games it's definitely been a rough experience i've used steam os before and it's not a bad system but it's definitely not great if you've interacted with like the steam link that runs like a thin version of steam os that's what the, uh, the big picture thing is too right it's essentially like a weird emulation of of steam os so yeah um again it's it's not bad but it's definitely not great but they're actually using a software called proton um hmm. which is like an emulate an emulation software that will run uh windows type games on them um, and I guess it works totally fine and they, they have a huge whitelist of games that work with it. I guess they rolled this out a while ago as a way to like help with steam play and Linux, uh, operating systems. Uh, and you know what? I think it's really cool. And I, I didn't even know this existed. I was like super down. Like I was like super like, like pooping on this thing when I heard about it at first, um, because a long time ago, uh, when I worked at the game store, uh, we were selling the steam machines. Yeah. And I, I remember that I won one. <laughs> I, I won an alpha, uh, series. And, uh, I remember, uh, talking to some Dell representatives slash alienware about it. And they were, they asked me for feedback. So I told them I would give them a feedback and I wrote this big, long email and sent it to GameStop's, uh, uh, marketing department and they put me in touch with the vice president at the time 
uh, of Alienware. Whoa. Yeah. So I talked to the vice president of Alienware about it and I told them you know, what the problems were and why, because they actually were having a lot of problems selling the machines. They were really expensive uh, because they came with like really high end hardware at the time. Right. Uh, so they were really cool and they sold them in two SKUs. They sold them in the alpha series with windows and then they sold the alpha series with steam and the steam version was cheaper and it came with a steam controller while the PC version came with an Xbox controller. So right. people were buying the Xbox, well, the, the steam windows ones like crazy and they weren't buying the steam OS ones. And the reasoning behind it was that the steam OS just had no support. And it was around when Street Fighter Five was coming out, and like I had bought Street Fighter Five on Steam. I was waiting for it to come out, and then the Linux version got pushed back and just never came out, from what I know. Or it did come out, and it just ran really badly. So, I uh, I just I, googled a picture of this Steam controller. Oh, oh yeah, it's terrible. But oh my the, god, <laughs> I I said to them like you should just give people a way to like get into Windows like give them a key for windows seven or whatever. And he was like, I don't know if we'll do that. And then like three months later, they were like, anyone with an alpha series PC can contact us to get a windows key. Okay. Okay. So, cause they needed to sell the consoles. They were just sitting yeah. and they, they had the need, they needed to get rid of the push inventory. So they ended up just clearing them out and giving people yeah. windows copies, but they were really cool technology. So I think they're using the same thing for this. Uh, yeah, I, um, it seems like uh, I, I there, there's a video that released um, from IGN. I meant to have this pulled up. I I have it. Uh, Tom Marks is the one on the article. Uh, I don't think he he might be the guy in the video. He might not. Um, but in there, uh, the people who are um, uh, talking about it, not Gabe. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yo, Gabe Newell is like super cool. Like, uh, yeah. When I he wasn't in I, the video I watched. Um like when I worked at the shop, he did a uh like a presentation for us. Mm -hmm. And uh I was really impressed with just the level of like excitement he had. And this is when the the Steam machines were coming out and he like talked about like Steam OS and all that fun stuff. He gave like everybody uh friends and family access to like the Valve library for life. Wow. Yeah, it was super crazy. So, like, I have a key on my Steam account that just, like, unlocks random stuff every once in a while. It's very weird. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's never anything crazy. Like, the most that it's ever come out of it was I got Half-Life Alex, But, like, I had already bought, like, a HTC Vive. So, that yeah. just actually just felt really nice to just get that. To be like, oh, you spent almost $900 on an HTC Vive and all the other stuff that you got for it. So... Here you go. You can have this game now. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Steve. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Um, dang, I lost what, what I meant to say about the two guys that were talking about it. Oh, just that it's uh, they've been um, iterating on that technology on this thing since that first attempt at like console stuff. So like uh, even the uh, the 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 touch controls because um, there's a touchpad under. Uh, on both sides of the device uh, unlike where you'd have like a touchpad like sort of in the middle or uh, on one side or the other so there's like a dual touch system <clears throat> that goes into into the playing on this thing that is to function as like a, a mouse and they they mentioned that it could be more precise than a mouse depending on the user but yeah i don't know about that but i don't know yeah, man. I don't this know. thing looks pretty neat and it looks um they basically uh compared it to 
as far as power goes to like PS4 slash Xbox One, which I mean, oh, I'm like, I'm not going to believe any of that till the retail units are out and being used because they'll say that type of stuff. But like, they're going to have to do a lot on the back end to keep them from overheating. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I I saw there's a big old fan on it, like a like a switch has got um like, yeah, but uh, like looking at it on the top, like there's a a big big old vent where you can where it can. Yeah, I saw like discussions about what the actual hardware is, and again, I think that it's possible, but also I think that there's a certain level of how much you can do on portability, and then also heat, where yeah. like you're like, oh yeah, this thing can do anything. It can run Crisis Five, and it looks incredible. But then also it blows up in five minutes. Like, yeah, you know, I have a, I have a Razer, uh, laptop that's like an mm-hmm. i7 with like a 1060 in it, and when I have it plugged in, it runs totally fine. But the second I unplug it, it has like a two-hour battery life. Right. The thing about it, like Nintendo with the Nintendo Switch, uh, they're designing for that hardware. With your Steam library, it is so all over the place that. It just like it doesn't seem like any sort of device like this, uh, you know, is it? Yeah. Well, that's just like the same reason why Microsoft never got into the handheld market. It's why yeah. Sony falls out of it all the time, because like the Vita was incredibly amazing. And I would say the Vita is still a better. I would I would argue the Vita is a better console than the Switch was or Switch is. It's fighting words. I know. Someone will come after me, but I loved, <laughs> I loved the Vita. I thought the Vita experience was absolutely incredible, but the problem is, is that developing for those consoles and the constraints that they have when it comes to thermals is really hard. Nintendo yeah. is incredibly smart because they play their graphics relatively low. Like everyone wants to switch pro and they all want these 4k crazy things. You're going to get a 4k switch, but it's going to be 4k with at the graphics level of what Zelda looks like now yeah yeah i mean that's i feel like if for nintendo nowadays you don't want your nintendo to have like the best graphics you want it to play the games that are designed for it smoothly uh well that's and you like, want like for me like i don't want to play doom on my nintendo switch yeah. i want to play animal crossing i want to play pokemon uh maybe a mario or two i'm not a big fan of mario um but, but yeah, I know I agree. And that's like the thing with Nintendo is that they make incredibly amazing like experiences. Yes. And like you don't play a Nintendo game because the Nintendo game looks great. You play it because no. it's super fun. And that's like, you know, some of my favorite games were on like Nintendo handheld consoles and didn't look great. Like Final Fantasy Tactics 2, Metroid uh Zero Mission uh i don't know sigma star which is random game boy advanced game that i love like there's tons of stuff like that uh the, yeah, all the you buy a nintendo games. because you want to play the fun nintendo game you yeah. don't buy it because it's cutting edge technology no and you shouldn't you should never go into it wanting like a 4k 1080p crazy like looks like you know the the brand newest assassin's creed like I think that it was an interesting concept to do the streaming tech. I don't know if you saw that in Japan where they were streaming like Resident Evil uh, remake or remake one and two. Yeah. Or Resident Evil seven. It was uh, to the switch and you could play it like that. Yeah. I thought that was really cool, but I I think that is the lane that the steam deck needs to take. And I think that 
it is just powerful enough on paper and what with what these ge- these nice men are saying um that it is powerful enough to play games by itself but it seems like if they aren't gearing this thing up with like top of the line like wi-fi capabilities and whatnot and like yeah like that's i think the smart play is that this thing should be the go-to device for streaming your library with the what's it called the steam uh steam play what is it yeah steam play i don't know what else i didn't look <laughs> in, like i i looked into this so quickly because it's not even that it's it's what's the where you can stream your steam library like what is that called oh uh hold on i'm looking it's like an I, app who it doesn't even matter whatever you can stream it from your steam library which is cool like i do that with my computer right now with my steam uh uh steam link remote same play stuff. steam link yep. yeah there you go yeah steam link yeah that's the thing uh that that should be what this is for uh because like i don't know i don't know that technology is very interesting hopefully hopefully that's uh this is going to be the go-to device for that and uh we haven't even mentioned price point it's priced like surprisingly well uh at 400 bucks for the lower version goes up to like i think it was 650 and it's sort of iphone pricing where it's like you're paying more for memory not memory um yeah storage uh also it is uh uh sd upgradable as well and you can play games from the sd card which i don't think is super great uh, the thing is that then everything's gonna be slow <laughs> like realistically what i'm excited about this for is nothing to do with the steam part and has a hundred percent to do with the third party market and what they do with it yeah that's the part i'm worried about because that's why nintendo is so effective is like it's the it's the constraints that create like like good <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's like uh, Star Wars, the first one. Well, I'm just uh, saying that someone's going to hack budget. this and to turn this into like a retro console. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're going to get rid of all the stuff on this. All the Steam stuff will be gone. The Steam OS will be gone. And oh, you yeah. can load and they, in like custom in Linux the video, and stuff. The, in the video, they mentioned that like it's it's just a PC, so you can literally do whatever you want with it. Oh, see, but that's like, that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested to see what people do with that because that's going to be really cool. Like, yeah. Like, I would be interested in buying this thing specifically to do that and not to use anything that has to do with Steam. I would use yeah. this for other things. In the video, they showed that, like, someone just plugged this thing up to a monitor and, like, it's just a computer for them. Yeah, like, like this is going after, like, so this market could be another thing towards, like, uh, there's a lot of, like, uh, retro pies and things like that. Oh, and yeah. this could really attack that kind of market because, like, Valve doesn't care. Uh, I was joking around some, with some friends, like, talking about how, like, you know, Valve has like terrible support of their hardware after it releases. And right. I'm pretty sure the reason why they're releasing it like this is they're just going to release this console and let people do whatever they want with it. Because yeah, and I think that's, that's, that's a smart like, play for them. Like, like they don't, they don't care about putting games on this. That's the reason why they're using Proton because Proton will just do Proton's thing and they don't have to worry about making a game for it. Like, did they even announce a game that's like shipping with this at all? Like, no, probably not. No, no. they, 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 th- what they marketed is that it's your library. Yeah. So that's like the thing is like, they, they just want to get the hardware out because they want to make money on the hardware. It's probably, they're probably making like 20 bucks per, uh, valve. It is so crazy because Steam that is the deck. opposite of what everyone else does. 
complete opposite. None of them give a shit about the hardware. It's all about the software. Well, they they lose money on it. That's why. So like yeah. they lose tons of money. Like Microsoft came out and stated at the in the Epic v Apple lawsuit, mm-hmm. uh, they asked if they had ever made money on the Xbox brand, and they said no. They've made no money on it. They've lost money if anything. Hardware. Yeah. Well, no. In general, like fully, they've yeah. lost money on it. Like they're, really? They're, yeah, they've lost money on the Xbox brand since the beginning. Hmm. Like they've probably made money here and there, but if they looked at the whole like brand as a total. They've probably lost more money than they've ever made on the brand, but that makes sense for Microsoft because like Xbox is not their like is not a value brand when it comes to money. Like Xbox is more of like a uh, like a cool way to show off your technology brand. Yeah, and like a way to like bring people in in another way. So like when you make an Xbox account, your Xbox account is also a Microsoft account. So yeah. if you ever buy a PC. You're like, well, do I want to buy an Apple account or do I want to buy a Windows machine? Oh, my Xbox ties with my Windows machine. I'll do that. Hmm. And when you start up a Windows machine, it literally has an app called Xbox on it. Yeah. And it integrates all of their like uh, their access uh, software. So like their like uh, fingerprint reading, all that stuff. It's super cool. Uh, it's definitely really smart of them. And it's like their way of like, kind of roping you in when you're young kind of thing the same <laughs> yeah, kind of they're, they're getting you in the ecosystem uh you know i also uh i know i don't want to like try and figure out a way to transition to this but talking about ecosystems elder scrolls six uh well before we get to that um sure. well no if you have something you want to throw out uh because we do have the elgato thing that came out today as well Oh, there were so many Elgato things that came out today. Like, yeah, Elgato They're, literally refreshed their entire product line. Like, pretty much. I, uh, I, I, let's do that real quick because I think it'll As, actually be pretty fast. I will will come out there and say that I do own a uh, a, a reasonable chunk of uh, Corsair, which is the owner of uh, Elgato. So I invest in them. So I just would like to put that out there. So when I'm talking about this content, I might favor it a little more than you'd think because (laughs) I will earn money on their announcements. So as you say that, I have the website pulled up. I did not know Corsair had anything to do with Elgato and looking right above the Elgato logo. I do see Corsair right there next to that and Scuff Gaming and Impulse. Yes. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Um, well, so for Elgato, they announced basically three products today. The the Mark II of their Stream Deck, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so uh, basically, it's just a new mount, and uh, I guess I don't know too many more details on that. The Steam. So the they announced. <sighs> here, let me go over the things they announced today. They announced. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> the Wave XLR, which I might actually be purchasing for this exact podcast, which is a microphone interface digital mixing solution. They did the Stream Deck MK2, which obviously anyone who's ever seen those, those are the things you can connect to control your streams. Not to be confused with a Steam Deck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They also announced a new uh, Face uh, web camera called FaceCam Premium 1080p60 webcam, uh, which obviously most people use like the Logitech. I think it's like the 960. C920. Uh, uh, Yeah, there it is. Uh, they also uh, announced a new mic arm that looks really cool. It's using the same kind of technology that a lot of monitor arms use. Uh, so I really like that a lot. And, it's like uh, gas powered? Uh, yeah. So it has gotcha. like a gas pistons. Yeah. Um, 
They also brought out a new microphone and light strips, which obviously mm. everyone is crazy about LED strips. I want to see how much these LED strips are because they're probably like a thousand dollars, and that is absolutely not what you what you shouldn't pay for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're charging I, um, sixty dollars for light strips that you could buy on Amazon for like five cents. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm a little skeptical with this uh with this webcam, um. And why you shouldn't just do a C920, uh, which is going to cost like half the price. It looks like way less than half. This thing is two hundred dollars. Yeah, but that's sh- like it's- so. Like Razer has this too. Uh, they have a their own like face cam. Uh, I think everyone should buy this face cam because it's two hundred dollars. Oh yeah, of course you you corporate <laughs> shill. Uh, it it does have a nice like. I do like the lens cap. That's pretty cool. It keeps it from it's got scratched. a lens cap with yeah the Elgato logo on it. It's thick. It's chunky. I I don't know. I, I'd like to. I'm gonna probably go on a YouTube like thing, seeing people compare it, because I'm sure that's already been done to death today. Because uh, I mean, the C920 is great. Get one if you don't have one and you need a webcam. Uh, you this know, thing- I I will argue they announced. I don't know when this was announced or when this was shown, but I genuinely really like the wave panels they have. Wave panels. They're sound blocking panels for acoustic oh. foam. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they just, they look nice. About that. Like, like realistically acoustic panels look kind of poopy. So like whenever you put them up, they don't look nice. These at yeah. least have like that same kind of like, uh, whatever hexagonal or whatever the hell pattern to them. So they probably match up with your like led panels. If you get like the, uh, nano leafs. Oh yeah. This That's cool. Look in with those. So I like those. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's not to love about aesthetics. Like, yeah, I, I get it. I, I literally if, if it's said to you, like, I'm, I'm not going to shit on anybody for getting oh, something yeah. because it looks cool. That's why people make stuff look cool is so people will buy it. Well, that's like when we were talking about if I was going to get the focus right for the XLR or not. And I was like, oh, well, I might get the Elgato because aesthetically it looks nicer on my desk than the focus right does. It does look pretty cool. And it looks like it probably has a couple more like things you can do, like a little bit more functionality. But. Oh, probably then not. again, I'm more than willing to bet money that it has less functionality and does less and costs more. That's, but we'll that's see. fine with me because I'm all about aesthetics. And <laughs> we'd love to see it. a cool, I really like less buttons too. And it just has one really big dial. So I'm like, I want sound to go up, crank the dial. <laughs> Done. Oh so. uh, yeah. Um, Okay. But yeah, let's get into this Elder Scrolls 6. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but they essentially said that Elder Scrolls 6 will not be uh, finalized or announced uh, until after Starfield is done. Okay, yeah, I did not know that. Uh, I, I didn't hear any announcements on that. I, I know Starfield is still like, you know, a ways away. So this is bad news for people who <laughs> are yeah. really eager for Elder Scrolls 6 to come out. So essentially Co- what happened A couple more years was... of Skyrim remakes, I guess. Yeah. So essentially what's happened is, is that they, they are redoing their engine. Uh, I'm assuming this is from probably Microsoft's side is that Bethesda's engine is incredibly like unique and it does some really cool like things, but it's also buggy, like really buggy. Like it always has a ton of problems. It's probably impossible to like check everything with that console or that game or their games because like they're so big and weird and they do so many things that it seems like they're streamlining the overall um, like process of how their engine works. Well, I mean, they've been building on top of the same janky engine since like fallout three, right. Or from 
Uh, like Oblivion? I don't even know. I think from since Oblivion. Yeah, it's been the same engine since Oblivion because Oblivion was like the 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 thing that they announced it with, and then yeah. they've just been bolting on stuff to it since then. Yeah, and obviously Microsoft is going to infuse tons of capital. Not to say that Bethesda didn't already have a lot of capital, but now they have an absolute you know like Ty- they just a, have a buckets. tech juggernaut. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where Microsoft's just going to say spend whatever money you want. Yeah. And like, here's a blank check, do whatever you need to do to make this game the best it possibly can be. Pretty interesting. But, I hope it works. Yeah. I I'm think hu- that it's, I'm a huge fan of those games. I've played all the elder Scrolls games since, um, since Morrowind. I think I haven't played anything older than that, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, think that very excited to see the future for this. I think that, you know, Starfield looks great from the initial, uh, reveal. Um, I, I also think that Bethesda games will benefit from being, uh, console exclusive i know that that's like a big hot topic and people don't like the idea of them only being on one console but i really think that it's going to benefit the whole like experience overall for everyone because it'll just make the games run better because they only have to make it run on you know xbox well the xbox series yeah and pc i mean i think that was a more valid point when like sony wasn't just a computer like with the ps3 like that that was its own whole thing but i mean they're all just computers now so so yes and no they still have architecture they still have weird architectures and weird ways they make things like sony still has like like archaic technology when it comes to like installing games like i went to go and install the copy the dreaded copying phase yeah yeah that stuff like that is such a nightmare like i don't understand why they don't get away from that like that seems like such a a, a weird thing, but there's got to be some kind of licensing check or something they're doing that makes it have to yeah. do that. But I don't know. I think it's beneficial to the Bethesda brand to be exclusive. I definitely, again, yeah. I, and I mean, I'm of not course, the, they're exclusive, I'm, but they're still going to be on PC. So if you've, if you're doing the the old standard of trying to have everything, like, and you already have a gaming PC, gaming PC and a PS5 is probably a good if you're if you're trying to get as few consoles as possible. Yeah, in your house. well, that's, like, that's not a so bad way to go. I I heard that also internally, Microsoft weighed the options. Like they looked at the idea of putting it on PlayStation and realizing how much money it would cost them and how much money they would make on it. Because like Microsoft doesn't care of what console they put games on. Like, yeah, they don't give a shit. Like it was obvious when they were trying to put X Cloud on the Switch. Yeah, and they're they're still pushing for that. Like, I and I I don't see a reason why they wouldn't do it. So. I I don't know. I'm also like, you know, I'm, I don't hate Xbox. I also, I love my, my, I love PlayStation. I just think that realistically they've made a lot of bad decisions when it came to the PS five yeah, and where, where the PS five is going, uh, which is also like Trent goes into the next subject that I want to talk to you about, which was the, uh, the, the whole thing that came out about the indies, indie devs with Sony. Hmm. I don't know if you saw that. It was a bunch of reporting, like an indie developer put out a, a pie chart and he was like, let me show you how much money I make on each platform. And it was like a bunch of different, like colored pie charts and they didn't like say the names of them, but they colored them. So it was like green, red, blue, and then gray. And the blue one was bad. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. But like, the one thing that I thought about, like I put a lot of thought into this and like, I don't know how I feel about this because like Sony is in the front running right now. Everyone buys playstations. Like 
yeah. obviously. The they, PS4 was definitely like uh, the clear winner of consoles in the last generation. Definitely. Yeah, but like, why does, why does Sony need to cater to every single indie launch that comes out on their console? Like, it's really like, there's a lot of stuff coming out. And like, I, I, I understand that they might have some like antiquated, like, you know, procedures set up, but like also like you don't have to publish your game on the Sony's platform. Right. Like there's a million platforms to publish on. And if Sony is going to charge you a billion dollars to publish it there, then don't like, well, if, I mean, you just said that uh, PS4 was the juggernaut. They were the, they were the biggest one. You want your game to be where most of the people are playing. Yeah. But if you're going to go on Twitter and complain about how much Sony charges you to publish your game on it, you just don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it is tough. Um like I'm on both sides of this though cuz I do understand. Like I know it sounds like I'm flip-flopping, which I'm definitely That's the am. thing. I am definitely of two minds. Uh but Like but like I understand both sides. But definitely like, if, go with the small guy on this one. <laughs> I feel like I got sure, you. Sure. Sure. It's just like it's also like I argue that like indie games are now like essentially like I would even say like mid to high level games nowadays like they push as much money sometimes as uh, a triple a release yeah uh, th- well i think i think with sony they are going whole hog into their uh solo like triple a uh exclusive experience and that's i feel like where all of their focus is now um so like all the stuff that they were were known for for indie games and stuff is kind of gone by the wayside and now everything is going to be uh you know it's all the last of us and uncharted and like uh ghosts of tsushima uh which you know that's a little bit shaken up that it's coming to pcs and stuff but like they're they're fully angling into their giant like gigantic releases um yeah I, so you know what the that, indies are gonna get a little left behind on that one th- that's the thing that's what actually kind of makes me annoyed with sony is i really wish they just publish everything on goddamn pc now because it just drives me crazy but yeah. i i can just see both sides i can see both sides of this discussion and i'm trying to like i understand sony is a multi-billion dollar company and i think it easily just figure this out but also it's really hard to figure out this kind of thing because there's just so much stuff going on all the time and when you have to pivot some massive company to change some initiative, like uh, I think it's uh, Yoshi Yoshida is the guy who's in charge of Indies now. Like, obviously that guy needs to like look at the look at what, how things are going and then maybe reassess. But it's still or Shuhei Yoshida, uh, and like yeah, they got to reassess the indie devs and figure out a better way. But the problem is, it just takes time, and then maybe they are working on it, but they are trying to figure out how to work this entire console generation during a pandemic. They're trying to figure out how to get more consoles in people's hands. Like there's just so many things going on right now that like, sure, they're a massive company, but also their massive companies take a long time to change. Yep. Very true. Um, so I guess we can go ahead and get this wrapped up today. So, uh, before we do that, we'll go into what we have been playing. Uh, you first. 
Well, I'm playing the same thing that I've been playing for literally weeks, which is Magic the Gathering. Uh, the new D&D expansion came out, and uh, yeah, it's been basically the only thing I've been playing. Uh, and Like a Dragon, because uh, that game is incredible. How about you? You've been, you've been playing that on Game Pass? Uh, yes, I genuinely love it, and if you have Game Pass, I'd highly recommend playing Like a Dragon. It is super interesting, the story is really cool, and there's definitely a lot of funny, like, like, things that go on in the game uh i didn't and, realize it was a silly game until i saw like a video some i don't oh, even remember yeah. where oh yeah no it's it gets real silly it starts off pretty serious like it's it's definitely a yakuza game uh but it gets goofy and i love it so it definitely has I've a never, yakuza comedy. i've never played any of those so i might have to give that a try have you been playing it on your series s or have you been playing it on the pc uh, on the Series S, I, I'll be honest with you, I think the Series S is the best console that came out this generation. I think it's incredible. Okay. The, the okay. price point, what you get for it is in, in the Game Pass, like, it's just like the perfect like machine if you just want to play video games and you don't want to invest a ton of money. That is the thing you buy. Right on. Yeah. I, I, I do have the Series X and I'm a huge fan of it, but I feel like I, I want to move my Series X back here to my game room and get a Series S for the living room because I feel like it'd be perfect for it. It really but is. I like get, I did get a nice 4K TV though, so I can do all the cool 4K stuff on the Xbox Series uh, X. You probably should leave the Xbox so, out in the, the game room. Yeah. Uh, yeah we'll see what, we'll see what happens um so what do you play destiny 2 uh yeah, of course uh destiny 2 i'm uh slaving away at that as always um you doing nothing the solstice interesting event? there though what's that are you doing the solstice event i have finished the solstice event on my warlock uh which if you don't play destiny uh it's a seasonal uh there's like there's like seasonal events that they can do and they're all just like ways to get you to do microtransactions essentially and to like grind pointlessly for negligibly better gear. Um, and, um, fully did it this year again, third year in the row, same event, basically <laughs> for some reason I keep going back to doing it. Um, yeah, I'm but, on a, I'm on an indefinite break from destiny for the time being. I will definitely probably come a back, good thing to do. But usually like the solstice time is when I, I jump out of the game because this is like when it gets the most grindy. Now I got, I can't. Most of my, my pretty hardcore destiny group does the same thing. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's pretty dead over there right now. Um, oh no. I, the second I started taking a break, I noticed that everyone else sort of took a break and I did not yeah. feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll hop back up, uh, at some point and hopefully like next season is pr supposed to be like almost entirely PVP focused, uh, since it's going to be like a five month season, uh, PVP does a very good job, uh, uh historically with destiny of keeping people invested, keeping oh, certain people you know invested. What? If, if they really do like a PVP focused and they bring by maybe like 20 maps or something, I don't it won't be that many, but they bring a bunch of new maps into the, the crucible. I'll definitely come back for that. Like, Crucible yeah. sounds like it's in a better spot now since they've nerfed a bunch of stuff. Uh, so oh yeah, I'm, baby. Melee shotguns are back. Like you can't just like map people with shotguns anymore. You actually have to get off like a shotgun melee or like a perfect, like, like basically point blank shotgun shot to knock people out. It's pretty, pretty righteous. Uh, but this is not a destiny podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and get into, uh, let's see. Uh, every time I start, we start getting a little destiny heavy. I hear Raphael in the back of my head. Like, Oh, you're just going to make a destiny podcast. Oh no. Uh, I, was, I was just about to say the same thing. 
um, so what else I've been playing um, in the living room on the Series X? I've been playing Doom Eternal for the first time. And, oh my and it god! Fucking, it's it so fucking good. Rips and tears, and I just be sitting there in my little chair in front of the big ass TV, and I turn it all the way up, and I'm like, just now that game is. I love every second of that game. <laughs> it's like it's April. Except for the jumping last... puzzles. The jumping puzzles are fucking terrible. But everything I'm else enjoying is... them. I don't even care. I, I, I grabbed the jumping mod, like the, whatever, uh, the one that makes directional control really easy, and I've been having yeah. fun with it. Like, everything about it rules. Um, I've been playing most uh, most Xbox games with the, the Elite controller. This, this is where I, I get into the, the nitty-gritty, uh, is like what input devices and why you're using them. I've been using the basic-ass controller, like the regular Series S, the Series controller, basically, and it feels so good to play Doom on. Like um, I know a lot of people play Doom on PC, but man, it feels great in, in the hand, So and it's on Game Pass. So if you got Game Pass... Give it a whirl because man, it, it rips and also tears and it feels like April of last year because like the games I'm most excited about are like Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal, which dropped on the same, didn't they drop on the same day last year? It did. That's why they had all those funny crossover stuff. Yeah. Like the cool me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, it's like uh I'm, I'm a time traveler in that i'm excited about games that came out uh basically like a year ago uh hey, but i man, i absolutely love that game it was in, like i so the both doom games the first one and eternal are some of the first like games that i literally just like i started playing them and just did not stop like at all. yeah i, I want to be playing it playing right them. now but i'm not uh my uh, with the, my the, my family hogs up the tv so like uh it's like yeah, I love you very much, family. I'll I'll turn off Doom for you, and you know we they can watch whatever they want to watch. But man, I want to rip and tear real bad. Um, uh, other I, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Um, acquisitions. Uh, so this week, uh, I didn't get, pick anything up really. I don't think, uh, gaming wise, except for I did uh get the Ghosts of Tsushima director's cut, which um I do want to next next week or next recording. I want to get into the ps5 director's cut thing i'll call it um, oh yeah i uh, i definitely have some things to talk about with that when it comes to that because it was, they announced the death stranding uh director's cut as well and i have yeah. some i have some fears about them doing this director's cut thing yeah um, so does uh, hideo kojima uh has some things to say about director's cuts that we can get into as well oh did he really um, i didn't i must have missed that yeah um just the the wording of it i think uh we we, we can do this next time um uh, that now i want to read sure. more about it because I, I just saw like a brief thing and i'm pretty interested in almost everything that that weirdo has to say um well i also think but, that like you know this can break into uh like hd remakes and things like that d- definitely uh, L- loads loads to get into with that um yeah i agree but i think so, I, I, I did uh, next week <laughs> I did uh I think I did a good by uh going ahead and getting the director's cut for Ghost of Tsushima. I have it downloaded already. Uh I just can't play it yet. Uh I can. I can play the PS4 version, but why play it now when in like 30 days oh, I can yeah. get the like no, I would not do that. primo PS5 version and experience it for the first time. So, I'm going to wait. Oh, I agree. Also, I just wanted to put it out there that uh I, I was talking to 
little side, we, we took a small break for a little bit. And I just want to put it out there that I definitely have the utmost respect for indies on Sony platforms. And please don't murder me for my opinions on <laughs> what's going on with that whole situation. It is incredibly dicey. And I just wanted to put it out there because I didn't want to sound like I'm just a big Sony defenderist <laughs> on giant corporate you platforms. Elitist, you corporate fascist. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's, you try and be empathetic and look at things from all perspectives. Um, and sometimes you get caught looking at a perspective a certain way and people take that out of context. So I'm glad you kind of were able to clear that out for yourself. Uh, oh, don't come, at, don't come at John for this bullshit because, uh, John's a very nice, nice boy. Um, um, I think that's everything. Uh, I'm looking around the room to see if I bought any, anything like, uh lamp uh uh mints that's a lamp uh, uh, uh i got a i got a banana that has fake plants in it <laughs> oh on oh, my desk oh i i this is uh, this i i do think this is interesting um you ever heard of battle beaver uh the like custom controller company no <laughs> <laughs> so they no, uh, they're, no they're, I've, never, I've never heard of battle beaver can you tell me about it there's a company called battle beaver and they'll do custom controllers for you but they also sell controller parts my thumb because of how much xbox i've been playing my thumb on the uh the it hurts from the joysticks now um so i'm going to do a complete gutting and re joysticking of my xbox controllers to give them convex or domed thumbsticks you know you can um, just get the elite controller and just swap it right i have it Oh, why don't you just use that? Because I want to use all my controllers. Oh. <laughs> so, and also I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm interested in getting into like doing like light modding and stuff. And like, I want to like replace Joy-Con shells and, you know, it's just more tinkery hobby things that I'm kind of interested in. But, um, this is basically sort of a drop in solution because uh, all you have to do is remove the faceplate of the Xbox controllers and you can pull up and add the new uh, con convex or domed joysticks. So I'm gonna give that a try. And it's like the same. If you played PlayStation three, it's essentially those uh, joysticks, which that DualShock was like, I think my favorite DualShock or PlayStation controller period, the one for, that came out for the PS three. I never had a PS3, but the controller I feel like was the best. Oh, um, I would I would say that the DualShock 3 is Sony's best controller they ever made. Yes. Like hands down. Like I I I hated the 6 axis controller. I thought it was way too light and bad, but the DualShock 3 is just like wonderful. I was so sad with like the PlayStation 4 controller. I didn't like it as much. I didn't either. And I haven't used the PS5 controller a lot but I'm not like ridiculously impressed with it. I like the fact that the Xbox controller has kind of stayed with the same kind of design. Kind it's my of favorite. Yeah. I it's like my it favorite too. controller right now for sure. Like I've got like big crazy hands. So like, I like to have those controllers. Sony tends to have smaller controllers, so I don't like them as much again though. Yeah. The PS3 controller was like perfect. It ruled, yeah. Uh, so I'm getting those thumbsticks, putting them in my Xbox controllers, and hopefully Frankensteining up my favorite, like, throw-around-the-house controllers. I will argue, however, that the PS3 and all of Sony's controllers have this damn problem that when you put the controller down, the damn triggers get depressed. <laughs> that was the first thing when I, when my, before the PS5 even came in, I had ordered the, the DualSense, like, my second one, because I need two, because you can't, you know, this 
for battery issues i want to have two so i can swap one if one dies so i wanted to go ahead and get a second controller very early um but that was the first thing you said now brandon when you put it down do the do the do the triggers touch the desk and i said yes and you're like fuck <laughs> i just i just ah, i hate it i hate it so yeah. much it's the only thing that sony does in the controllers that i just don't understand just just compartmentalize them for the love of god because i you know what the thing is, is i use my consoles as movie movie things yeah and you're watching a movie and you just put it down and it starts fast forwarding and it's like yeah you're like i'm just gonna let it fly you know what i'm watching this movie <laughs> at two times speed now yeah thanks sony uh, <laughs> well i I, I just found this out on a like a, one of those uh quick youtube videos that mm -hmm. if you start your your playstation 5 with the controller it'll default to your game section but if you start it with the uh, media remote it it goes to the media section that's a fun little side oh uh, interesting yeah you could get a media remote if you ever get a ps5 uh Do we should wrap actually, up here wait they sell the media remote still yeah that i've got one I oh. love that. Sony is incredible. They've been doing that since I think PS2. They had the media. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, th it was like the best DVD player on the market, the PS2. Yeah. I also didn't know this. I know we were going to wrap, but uh, did you know that the, the PlayStation 1 has like the best audio chip in like ever or some crazy crap like that? No. Like the, like the, so the initial launch of the PS1 had some crazy audio chip in it that has, uh, like that people like look for and it's like makes it like really like worth a lot of money to like audio files because they want to be able to listen to cds in like the best quality possible and the ps1 has the sound chip to do it well i know that like going back to like old consoles and stuff like the sound chips would be I'm not even, you know what? I'm not even going to go. I'm not even going to try because like this, the chip itself is where they store like your, uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. This is a fun thing. I'm going to add this to the notes, but uh, I do want to dig into that a bit of history. We'll, we'll have yeah, a little history so section. I literally pulled it up on destructoid. It's a 14 year old article, but yeah, I guess it has like some like really, really nice audio device that makes it sound incredibly amazing i'm gonna link you this file so you can see it okay i'll uh, have to read that but it's just a cool thing to think about like you know you have this incredibly like fancy piece of technology that you just like don't you don't even ever consider that it could be like some like dude who has like a cd player is like or some massive you know super nice sound system that's like desperate for a ps1 <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that is interesting desperate I, I, for a playstation one i i love it though i love the, like technology like that there's like you know there's like talk about like old devices that just have like incredible technology in them that just does not like they put it into that device specifically so that they could get it like to do a thing but in reality that same piece of hardware was put in like sony's like nine thousand dollar sound systems jeez yeah and i mean that's what they were i mean sony is like some of the best sound equipment in the business yeah exactly yeah. and for them it's just like you know whatever but yeah so yeah. uh time to wrap it is um where can the people find you if they want to talk to you uh it would be hollow schematic on twitter i okay. believe we'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well yep. hollow so schematic you don't have to on twitter so you can just uh blast me for my terrible opinions there 
<laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, and uh, you stream it anywhere? Uh, same thing on Twitch, but I don't really stream too much anymore. Uh, just like if I do, I, my problem is I never know what to stream. And then when I do stream, I like not a lot of people jump in and I'm like, oh, why am I streaming? So I never really right. do anymore. Uh, <laughs> right but on. if I do, it's hollow schematic. Okay. How about you? Uh, you can find me at Brandon the Bard everywhere that Brandon the Bard is around. Um, uh, barely stream anything, but if I do, it's usually event-based things, uh, like I streamed Yuffie, and I I put all that on... Uh, uh, I dump it all into a YouTube page, which you can also find me there. Um, but mostly, I'm on Twitter at Brandon the Bard, and uh, you can talk to us uh, at... Uh, let me make sure to get it right. Um, the Trash Mobcast on Twitter. Let me see. Trash Mobcast. No, the. So Trash Mobcast on Twitter. And as well, you can email us at trashmobcast at gmail.com uh, with your thoughts, concerns, gripes. Hopefully none of those. But, you know, if you got one, let us know. Um, and uh, that's going to be it for today. So thank you all for listening. Thank you. Yay. We did it. Episode two. All right, I'm going to go not die anymore because my, my attic is so hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I'm going to stop recording now.